The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Mike, who tried just about every faith out there, to the point his family disowned him. Actually, I had no money, and I was being so stubborn about it that I'm living in Utah and I'm donating plasma for food money. But he found belonging with the rich heritage of Catholicism. It makes it so much easier to just be like, yes, this the church is instituted by God. On this episode of Belonging, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young Catholic adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont. Uh, I'm here to begin this new show. It was created out of belonging to share our walk with Christ, our insights, joys, and laughter. You're welcome on this journey with us as we together discover what it means to find a sense of belonging. Uh, and this week, we have a great episode for everyone today. Uh, we're joined, uh, as we are every week, by Father Gervon, uh, the chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville, serving Vanderbilt and Belmont, and a very special guest, uh, Mr. Mike Zimmerman, the director of youth ministry at Our Lady of the Lake, about a half hour north of Nashville in beautiful Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, Mike, Father, thank you all for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. Hey, Zach, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, t- tell us a little about yourself, uh, where you're from, and, and what it is you, you actually do these days. I'm from San Diego, California. Um, but about 11 years ago or so, 11, 12 years ago now, uh, moved down here to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm working up at Our Lady of the Lake uh, in Hendersonville as the director of youth ministry. And so I have another full-time job on top of that. I actually work at Andrew Jackson's mm. Hermitage, which is the presidential mansion. Most people don't oh. know that our seventh president actually called <laughs> Nashville home too. And so yeah. I, uh, I dress in historic costume and tell stories during the day and then go and hang out with the kids at night and see what kind of trouble we can get in. So. Oh, you can't complain. That's the <laughs> I life. I can't complain at all. It's, it's a good <laughs> life right there. Mike, it's a, a, a blessing and a privilege to have you on the show. Oh, I've been I talking about it. you earlier. Just hearing your just incredible story, it's almost difficult to know where to begin, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> where do you think conversion in your life towards religion or, or Christianity? Sure. Where did, if I may ask, where did it begin for you? For my story, um, it was a little bit of the, the gap. It was the lack of faith in my upbringing that my heart naturally yearned for. You know, it's, it's basically that St. Augustine quote of, you know, my heart constantly yearning for God. Um, but for me, it was interesting because I grew up not, not Catholic at all, um, but actually in a multi-faith household uh, because my father is Jewish and my mother is Methodist. 
Wow. Now that's already an interesting dynamic, already an interesting <laughs> yeah. mix. You know, I joke with people that it's just like, you know, the old Testament, we're both good. New Testament, little wishy-washy. We didn't know what was going on uh. there. But, um, <laughs> but the thing was, is that my parents, out of their love, you know, for us kids, I have two sisters, two younger sisters, they never wanted to overrun the other when it came to faith. They didn't mm-hmm. want to push too hard. They wanted the kids to naturally gravitate to, to the faith. And I'm not harming my parents or critiquing them too badly on that because mm. it was out of love, but it left room for the yearning to, to take too much fruit. And so I had a lot of friends in high school uh, who were LDS Mormon. And so they started inviting me to their things, going to their family home evenings in their home, going to church with them. And I went to church with them and it's a three hour service. So if anybody's oh, ever complaining about mass, oh. a Mormon service, three hours long, <laughs> buckle up. It's a marathon. Wow. But, Father uh, knows that from maybe all his hard work on the children weekends. What, there we go. There what we go. Long mass is like. Yeah. Just like the, uh, <laughs> we have the Coptic community here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the bishop, one of the things that I do, I'm the master of ceremony for the bishop, for Bishop Spalding. We went to visit them and they were doing a short version of their divine liturgy. It took about almost two hours nice. because the regular Sunday mass is at three hours. So, so we're yeah. finding a difference in the liturgies there. So you, you found yourself looking at the Mormon, huh? Wow. I did. And, it's in a, and what was interesting, it, was, it wasn't, you know, the dazzle and wonder of the Book of Mormon or anything like that. It mm. was the sense of family belonging. It was that, you know, on Monday evenings, they would not answer the phone from their friends um, and they would stay home with their brothers and sisters. The TV was off and play board games with their family and even lo- read a little scripture you're like, whoa, what's there? There's something there. And so I was drawn to the sense of belonging, drawn to the sense of community, all those kind of things. So I bounced kind of between the three during high school, just between my mom's Christianity, my dad's Judaism, and, and my Mormon friends. So, so all those religions with you, I mean, it kind of gives you a chance to almost see what they have in common, really, just with yeah. Jewish and Mormon and Christianity, this right. between the three. Huh? And so I bring it up to say that, that what that did for me was just inspire that hunt a little bit more to know what were they saying or why does he think that and that kind of thing. And so, you know, still even today, my approach is to be very open and honest with, you know, the teens I minister to or even my own children about other faiths or the world. What is our commonalities? What are our differences? So that we can really explore that together, you know, because when you tell a teenager, don't do that, it's so bad. I mean, what's going to happen, right? You know, they're they going to be... They will do it. Yep, they're drawn That's, to it like a moth to a flame. They, they do what they don't want to. Right. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. But then out of high school, when I went up to college, then that desire came back in. And so I started investigating the Mormon church more that I had a girlfriend who was Mormon. And so that Mm. kind of pushed me into the faith a little bit. And, uh, and so I actually got baptized when I was in college, I was in Northern California up there at Humboldt State University. And I got baptized Mormon, um, investigating that that faith. And so here you are uh, finding yourself baptized. And is it just this journey just keep moving from there? It does, but it, it started to take a lot of twists and turns. You know, when I'm diving deeper into that, things are starting to get more estranged from my family because of it. But, you know, by this time, I'm a headstrong 19-year-old, and I'm doing what I want, and I, of course, know everything, and my parents know nothing, so I've got to do this. What was that talk like to your parents, just losing that? There was a lot of difficulty in it because for my parents, all they saw was, was their son, you know, and I'm the oldest, their only son, you know, moving locations, changing school changing who he is, changing what he's wearing, you know, all these different things for this group and have to move to a certain place. And now they're going to tell him to give up school and give up everything to go knock door to door on houses for two years 
Well, as a parent, you know, that's just like, oh, you're involved in something that is not right. And so, you know, it, when you're a parent, sometimes you grasp at straws, you, you have to, you know, make the punishment more severe like you know they couldn't ground me anymore they couldn't do these things yeah well, there goes the car there goes the support there goes the finances uh to the point where actually i had no money and i was being so stubborn about it that i'm living in utah and i'm donating plasma for food money father what are you what are your thoughts on situation just uh... I, I, I think what michael uh, was saying is like he had that sense of belonging you know mm-hmm. right and I think that in my, my own life, I, it happened the same thing with me. I went to be a missionary. You know, I was 18 years old and I had not had my uh, first communion yet. And then I started in a mysterious way, come back to the church and, you know, start to participate in Sunday liturgies and all this stuff. But I haven't had my first communion yet. Anyways, forward a couple of years later, I did a Life in the Holy Spirit seminar. And that retreat really changed my life forever. And after that, I was, you know, because I realized that God loved me so much that the only, you know, there's the Psalm, Psalm 115 that says, how can I repay back Lord for everything you have done? And I was like, there's no way that I can other than give my life entirely to him. And that's when I myself went to be a missionary for two years. Wow. years. But it's just like, I think, Mike, you have that same experience. There is no doubt, you know, this is the thing that I have to do. And I think the parents were like, we are somehow, where did we fail? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think it's kind of that whole thing, you know, I belong to this. Oh, Mike, when, when did things begin to change from being Mormon for you? Where the rubber hit the road, I guess, is the way you could really say it, is it so that now I'm, you know, destined to be a missionary. I got my call and, you know, everybody always waits for their call from, you know, the prophet, you know, they get their letter and they open the letter and you have a big reveal party, almost like a graduation party. Where am I going in the world? And you dream of the exotic places. Oh, I'm going to go to Fiji. I'm going to go to Paris. I'm going to go to wherever. I open my letter. I'm destined for Charleston, West Virginia. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Well, while I'm in the missionary training center, I'm learning these lessons. Well, one of the lessons, <clears throat> excuse me, that you really kind of focus on is the Mormon belief that families can be together forever, right? Mm. Because the Mormon belief is not only are you together, you know, what we would call sacramentally, you know, married or sacramentally as a family in this life, but in the Mormon belief in the afterlife as well, those ties continue to bind. It's, that's why in their marriage ceremony, they don't say till death do you part. They say for all time and eternity. Yeah. Well, what was really hard for me to kind of convalesce in my mind was how I was supposed to go out and tell these people, here, here's the most amazing news about this faith. Your family can be together not only now, but forever in the afterlife. For me, I don't have a chance. My family is going to hell, but yours, yours has a thing. And my <laughs> mind could not do this where it was just something like, you couldn't do. Huh? It was making more and more real the sacrifices that I had made along the way and it it really broke me apart and so then i start missing class i can't get out of bed i'm you know constantly in tears the other missionaries are looking at me like something definitely has snapped within this guy um so i start seeing the training center psychologists and different people talking to them all the way to the mission training center's president who i tell him what's going on and he's just like you cannot be here you need to go home and you need to work on things with your family because that is that is more important and so they basically gave me the sense of an honorable discharge if you will and sent me back home to san diego now that's the the good part but the bad part was is that in especially mormon culture and you know society 
typically the only reason that a missionary would come back early from his mission was moral indiscretion. You did something Mm -hmm. wrong there or before your mission that you didn't get taken care of. And so nobody wanted to hear why I was home. Nobody wanted to know why I came back or the importance of this or that even I had other people backing me that it was just like, nope, he must have done something wrong. He is a black sheep. And so now I'm being ostracized from my ward community down in San Diego. So now the Mormons in San Diego don't want anything to do with me because I'm a total black sheep. Not only did I come back, they had paid for it. I had smeared their name. I had smeared their trust. Uh, And look at this black sheep with his tail tucked between his legs. So coming from that original feeling of of community and belonging, now you just feel like you no longer belong and the rug gets pulled right out under, right? So I went from what they called the golden contacts is what they called me because I actually called the missionaries to come to my house. They didn't knock on my door. I said, hey, I've heard about this Book of Mormon. Come over and teach me. And then all of a sudden I've become a missionary. They're like, oh, the golden goose. Well, now the goose has come back, you know, tarred and feathered. And mm-hmm. it's just like, so it's just, it's just a train wreck. Maybe, Father, you feel that same sense too, maybe in life, what, what, what sacrifices you might have made, just even coming to America. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I think that was what Mike was saying. That's that's the right thing to do, you know, and you just go and do it. You just kind of yeah. know what the right, you don't feel any doubt when you make the right yes. decision. You know, and it's funny when, I, when I'm talking about, you know, a guy who's speaking about a priesthood and everything like that, you know, and it was like, how do you know? And it's like, <laughs> you see that beautiful girl right there. Mm. And you know, like, I want that person to be my wife or, you know, I, I want that person to be my, you know, my girlfriend and you're going to do whatever it takes to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the same. I'm letting everybody know we're, this is belonging on Nashville Catholic radio. We're joined by Father Gervon, the chaplain at university Catholic and Mike Zimmerman, the director of youth ministry at Our Lady of the Lake church in Hendersonville. Uh, talking about conversion uh, making his way through. Mike has a beautiful testimony he's getting through. You know, as you can see, like when I'm searching for faith and, you know, grew up in this multi-faith household, didn't have the stability there, go into one and then it seemingly fails on me. I come back and my parents, it's just for them, it's just the writing on the wall. It was just like, see, told you, you know, they turn their back on you too. And they think mm. that the whole thing was for naught. Um, so for me, you know, it, it came to a crossroads and I decided, I'm like, look, you know, um, I've lost my family over this. Now I've lost the local community that I thought I was getting into in the sense of belonging there. I have to really figure out where I belong. And so I started to, you know, to try and think like, how do I get verification? I'm like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to read and research. And if I'm throwing my life on the line for this faith, then I need to know that it is the real deal. So I started reading everything I could get my hands on. Um, and a lot of original documents and things, you know, firsthand sources are always the best, you know, I was a college student, so I knew what to look for. But when I started to research the history of the Mormon faith, I found so much that was problematic, so much problematic mm. in the theology, the history, the culture, things that they don't tell you, obviously, when you're first getting into it. And so I knew that this wasn't right for me. And so I decided, look, I can't do this anymore. And so I decided to stop being Mormon. I took off the garments that they give you when you become a, a Mormon missionary and wow. decided I couldn't do it. Now, of course, this is very much to the dismay of that Mormon girlfriend who thought I was going to be the shining missionary and we were going to get married in the temple. Oh, the no. whole line. So life continues to fall apart. So for me, it was, it was a rough time. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out what is real. And so, you know, I figured I didn't want to get duped again and I need to go with something more stable and something older that has stood the test of time would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you, you, you think I'm going to go one way here, but actually the story is, is that I had an uncle who was 
a practicing Buddhist. And so I actually got involved in Buddhism for a, for a time. Oh, I thought that age and history was the way to go. And I'm like, that's it. They've been around a long time. I'm doing that. But in reality, it, it still wasn't the right thing. I actually went out to Thailand for a short time, really tried to investigate what the, uh, the Buddhist tradition was. But for my structured mind, my structured way, um, that was too loosey-goosey. I remember sitting with monks in a temple going, just teach me how to pray. That's all I want to know. And then they're just like, whatever will be, will be. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And so it was just too loosey-goosey <laughs> for me. Um, and so that fell apart just as quick after about a year. So that is all to say that I, I kept searching and history was the way to do it for me to know that something was real. And so I started, you know, looking and I'm like, you know, Christianity is where I felt my home, that connection mm -hmm. with Christ. And so I can read in the gospels what Jesus did. I can see what the apostles did, but their disciples, whoever's doing what those kids were doing, I want to hang out with them. So I kept reading and reading until I came across this magical book called the Didache, you know, this kind of second century church manual. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, I know what I'm looking for. And so I started church hopping and I go to this one, to that one. And then I find myself into a Catholic church and I go, I recognize that. I recognize that. Yep. Maybe that's a little modern music, but that's what they're doing. And as I look, I was just like, yep. And so um, I told my girlfriend at the time, who's now my beautiful wife, you know, think I want to be Catholic. And so, um, so I actually entered into an RCA class of one. I was uh, oh, man. in Michigan at the time and I was in my own little class. The music director was also the religious ed director and we sat and we talked and I told him, I said, you know, I'm not going to be duped again. I'm going to bring you every anti-Catholic thing that I can think of. And as soon as we can answer those to my satisfaction, I'll keep coming back the most gentle hearted spirit, his name was Steve Reyes, kept going with me and brought me into the church. Um, and so I swam the rivers of the Tiber, they say in 2007 in a class of one in my little parish. And there I was now finally Catholic. And so that explains why I'm still a youth minister today. I'm on fire for it. The conversion, the, you know, finding truth. And it's just like when youth come to me and say they have a problem, youth have a doubt or they have friends who are other faiths. I tell them, you know what? There's truth and beauty and everything. And I'll never doubt you for looking for those things because odds are I was that faith or I had that question too, but there is truth and there is answers and you can find it and let's find it together. And so that's why I just love the Catholic faith. And I think, Mike, one other thing is, you know, sometimes as Catholics, we are afraid of the reason. Yeah. You know, we want to just go to the faith. Yep. It's cyclical that John Paul II said, you know, wrote faith in, faith in reason. You will find God with faith or you're going to find God with reason. And even better if you find him with faith in reason. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's not this, the, the most, you know, absolutely needed thing for you to understand everything every time. And on the reverse, you know, sometimes you, you know, can find the reason, but you know, it's trouble. It's hard to believe, but that's why that's two sides of the same coin. And you can really, you know, get there if you really try for both. That's beautiful, Mike. Thank you so much. Oh, um, of course. I think that's what so many people are probably going through in their young adult life of, of, of finding, I guess, the, the right whatever feels right as, as far as their religion um, and finding that sense of belonging. Yeah. But man, there are so many options and, and so many sacrifices you have to make as, as you can see from your life. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And I, I, I see that in the youth all the time. I mean, I, you know, uh, working with, um, you know, 
college age students, you know, there's so much coming at them all the time, you know, and you know, mm -hmm. when you're a young adult, you know, you get those God is dead professors and the world coming at you and you're spiritual, but not religious and all the things that come at you. And, you know, the world is not easy by any means. Um, but finding the real reasons behind the faith was the key for me. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's easy for me to believe in the faith and then act upon my faith in today's world and be pro-life and be these wow. other things because you find the reason the church believes that, how it extrapolates from the truths that we know. And that's where you can stand on firm ground. Those, that's what makes it easy. Those daily choices that, in our, that turn our hearts to and what we do, what, what we say, everything we think, they kind of turn our eyes and hearts back to God. But I think, you know, I think, Mike, the, the, the beauty about your testimony is people know that there are different ways. Yeah. And it's okay to be looking for. Yeah. It's okay to be doubting because I think the only reason that you actually got to where you are today is because you doubt and you were able to go and, you know, congregate. Whoa. No, I'm not going to believe this just because you tell me this i want to wow. exactly go and now i well yeah so i read the bible i read this now i know that i'm on the right place because you know what my so i, I think it is beautiful oh thank you i mean the thing happens with catholic youth today a lot you know it's like the church you know being as as old and and it's having such a rich tradition as it does a young person could look at it and just be like, no, you're just telling me what to do because that's just what we do. And you don't even know why it's just what we do. It's just like, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Like it's there for the taking. Like if you want to just follow the rules, that's a good thing. I'm not going to besmirch you for it. But if you really want to know why we believe that it's there, you know, pull out a catechism, pull out Aquinas, pull out Augustine, and pull out all the and, greatest yeah. thinkers, you know, they'll and tell I you think, why. And I think one of the problems that we have with the youth is we don't want to spend time with them. Mm. You know, so what happened is we just say, because I said so, but for us as Catholics, there is a reason for everything. Follow the teachings of Christ. Every single thing the church does makes absolute sense if mm -hmm. you really understand what that is. And then it doesn't yeah. become this hobby that's watered down and I'm not entertained enough. So you need to set up a concert for me. Otherwise, I'm not going to come back. I, I, went like, to, I went to a new pastor's workshop last year. And this guy come talk to us and say, you know, you have to have screens on the on the on the church, and you have to have the better sons. After about thirty minutes, I said, I'm sorry, just I'm so sorry, but you're so 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 wrong. This is so wrong. I'm so so sorry, but you have no idea what it. Just can you just be quiet? Oh, I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, because that's not it. That, yeah. That's they are not looking for, because if they were looking for the best quality sound, like they would go any other place because we suck on that. Yeah. But you know, we they are looking for the truth and the beauty. Yeah. And there is not a some seashell or screens on the outer that are gonna bring that. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that some teenagers, they would tell me, they're just like, you know, uh, I, I tried to go to mass and I just wasn't getting a lot out of it. I'm just like, really, why? And they're just like, well, the homily, it was, Father's homily was just boring. And it's just like, and I'd say, well, thank God that wasn't his job. That's not what he's there for. It's like, some of them are good at it and some of them are not. And it's just like, well, what do you mean? That's not his job. His job is not to entertain you. Hopefully it's a good homily and hopefully we can get some good out of it. But in reality, 
Did you miss the entire sacrifice of the mass that went on right before your eyes? That's his job. That's what he's yeah. there to do for you. Like, wait a minute. It's just like, they've completely missed that part. It's just like, wait, Oh, I thought it was supposed to be this amazing message that he's supposed to be the next, you know, uh, yeah. insert next spiritual talker here name, you know, mm -hmm. on Facebook. It's just like, no, it's just like, hopefully you, you roll a Yahtzee and he gives you amazing homilies. And then he's also the most amazing pastor in every other way too. But like sometimes he's just, he's human. He's trying his best. And the, and the good thing about that is that's not why we go to church. Yeah. You know, we go to church to receive Jesus Christ. Even if yeah. the priest is a jerk, even the yeah. priest is immoral sin, even, you know, you will still receive what you went for Jesus Christ himself. And that is the truth that we don't want to talk about it. You know, and, yeah. You know, the gospel is hard. Yeah. And if you don't want it, go away. <laughs> you know, well, Father, that was, that was actually one of the things, one of those little linchpins in the research when I was looking at the, the Catholic church that really helped me to understand it too, because it's just like, I came across all this bad stuff in the history of Mormonism, these other ones. And I was just like, well, what if the priest is a bad guy? What if he's a sinner? What if he's a secret, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, and doing all this other stuff. They're like, oh yeah, the church has totally squashed that. Yeah. That was around what the year 200, 300 the Donatist controversy. <laughs> I was like, the what and the what? They're like, here, let me tell you a story. And I was just like, oh, so his personal, you know, sin does not have effect on whether or not the Eucharist is actually becoming the body, blood and divinity of Christ. It's just like, wow, like it, all the things they've been answered. It's, it's there yeah. in front of you. And it's just like, it makes it so much easier to just be like, yes, this, the church is instituted by God. Cause I don't know another institution that can, you know, withstand all those tests. You know, and sometimes we, I don't know who said it. Like, you know, I'm going to destroy the church. Like, good luck. The priest has been trying to do this for the last 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I was preaching here at University People, if you want to, you know, feel good, go eat brownies. Go eat chocolate. <laughs> it's not about, the, you know, your faith is not about how you feel good. Yeah. Because if that's, I mean, that, what's that you look for? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the Catholic faith. And a lot of times, you know, we, we hear a lot about meeting people where they are. But then we forgot the second part of it. Yeah. To take them where they should be. Jesus didn't say, hey, wait a minute. I'll make it easy for you. Just come, come back here. Hey, hey, buddy, come back here. I, I didn't really mean that. He's like, no, that's it. Do you want it? No. Peace out. Yep, that's that. That's the John chapter six, you know, where he repeats it and repeats it and repeats it. And then those disciples who have been following him for a good long time and giving up all their stuff. And he's just like, no, you really have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're just like, whoa, no, I'm, I'm I, that's it. I'm done. And they just walk away. And he doesn't go chasing after them. He's just like, no, this is the truth. Can you jive with it or not? And it's just like, Sometimes there is very hard truths and it's just like, and there is required of you too. It's not just, Oh, when I have time or it's a nice throw pillow from Hobby Lobby and that's my faith. It's just like, no, it's real. It's, it's an investment, but with a tremendous reward, you know, those who invest will be rewarded, you know, hundredfold and all the different ways it talks about it. It's just, yeah. There's so much there. So much there. Well, maybe Absolutely. we can, I wish we could continue this conversation more. Perhaps yeah. we will. Uh, one day, but um, I hate to say we've come to the end of our time together. But thank you again to our guest. Uh, I thank all of you in our listening audience just for spending your time with us. I hope this story of conversion uh, connected with you, uh, raised a voice in you. Maybe you felt the same way, um, searching for whether it's Catholicism or religion or, or wherever you're at in life. Um, but if you liked what you heard today, 
let us know and, and write to our email uh, info at wbou.org uh, remember you can tune in online at our website here wbou.org uh, 100.5 fm uh, the, the tune in app or with your smart speaker if you have one at home uh, to say play nashville catholic radio and all of our shows will also be archived on, on our website wbou.org special thank you to to jim crow our programming director my name is zach jansen thank you for listening to belonging Next Belonging, we talk about sex and chastity with Lindsay Todd. Sex is a wonderful thing, but it's reserved for marriage because it can blind you to problems that are seriously wrong in a relationship that's, uh, you know, leading you down a path of dis- destruction. The challenges in dating. I think that sometimes it's hard to relate with each other because we really don't know how to do it. And how chastity can be liberating. It's a very deliberate decision that allows you to love someone else more freely. Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU. Nashville Catholic Radio.